0: Hello there, everybody, and I am here with Adam Terrell of Third Window Films. Adam, I'm so thankful that you're doing this. Third Window has been uh, special for me for a long time, so thank you for taking the time to to step in and talk about you guys.
1: Thanks for having me on and for uh, loving uh, or liking, at least, uh, the the label. (laughs) Uh,
0: Third Window Films has done a lot over the years. Um, First of all, you guys have been around a lot longer than people think. You were... What are we at, like 16, 17 years, something like
1: that? I started in I started acquiring in 2005, but um, right. when I, my first release was uh, 2007, so yes,'ve been releasing for more than 15 years, but around for uh, 17., uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you know when I did it was the 15th anniversary of the first release a few weeks ago, and, I, yeah, I really forgot. and when I looking back at it, it was quite <laughs> nostalgic, but um, yeah, it has been a long time.
0: And not only has, uh, you know, the industry seen a lot of changes, the the trends of releases seen a lot of changes, but you personally, I'm sure, have seen a lot of changes in the last 15 years. Uh, you recently just moved, and now, now you're in Japan, correct?
1: Actually, I've been in Japan since uh, for about uh, nearly 10 years. Uh wow. I moved over to work on uh, a film called The Land of Hope, a Shion Sono film. And since that allowed me to sort of get a, a visa and get a foothold here and for the first two years i was half and half but uh right. probably for the last seven eight years i've been here full time um and i don't think i could go back uh to england or europe to be honest
0: that's fantastic i mean if you love it that much i i'm certainly jealous i i've wanted to make my way out there for quite some time and i've got young kids which makes it uh a couple of people will think that makes it like twice as difficult it's actually like 10 times as difficult <laughs> um the the stuff that you guys put out is there a is there like a definition of what you try to say third window films tries to distribute to the world
1: uh basically i've been just trying to release films that aren't getting released uh, for one reason or another mainly because they're probably not that commercial or they're not (laughs) that popular and uh right you know there's a lot of japanese films i think people really don't truly understand how many films are made here each year for for uh a country of which films don't go overseas uh, there's about 600 films made every year and only really like a small handful of them get overseas so um there's a lot i mean to be honest there's a lot of crap uh, uh, but there's a lot of crap everywhere and uh, <laughs> yeah. i mean american independent cinema has uh, its pitfalls as well but uh you know i just try to do my best about uh, getting as many films that i like and and aren't getting get the light of day and get, getting them out there
0: uh, am I right
1: in remembering that third window is pretty much all you? Yes, and, and that's the only way that I've been able to do what i what I'm able <laughs> to do. I think uh, if I had staff and an office and all that, then you know there'd be these overheads, and then you have to start thinking, you know, in a business-minded sense. And uh, I'm not terribly business-minded, and I, I'm awful at delegating. So maybe it just became me because I'm quite stubborn in that way. But it also I think helps with being able to get these tiny. Japanese films out there and also being able to speak Japanese and do a lot of the, the work uh, behind the scenes, like the subtitling and the shooting the bonus features myself and editing and, and doing all the, the lay, lay, layouts for the artwork and all that. And over the years, it's become, yes, uh, just just uh, it always was me. But initially, I used to outsource uh, some jobs. And now I try to do everything as much as possible by myself in, uh, in my little Tokyo apartment.
0: That is beyond impressive. I mean, the amount of work that it takes to do some of these... Uh, especially in the last year you guys have it seems like made an effort to put out some some i hate to use the word bigger titles but they're more they're more like mainstream to capture some new viewers it appears and i mean the the effort that something i was going to talk about this one later but something like this that you guys put out that that has to take
1: a lot from you yeah but that's not really getting any new viewers to be honest i mean those uh that's that's more of a passion project uh because i really wanted to help the director because he's had a So many troubles in the past. Uh, Japan right. is uh, quite strict on uh, any criminal offensive offenses, and their idea of a criminal offense is quite uh, stricter uh, than uh, maybe Western. So yeah. he's had some problems with like tiny amounts of marijuana in the past or something that's, that's had him blacklisted. And uh, I've always liked him as a person, as a filmmaker. So I put the extra effort in to promote him and to keep his name alive because, you know, I think without having films out on a physical format, there is, even if they're only selling small amounts, there's, you know, in 10 years time, will that have, it's like if a tree falls in the, in the woods, you know, right. Right? Like if it isn't out there in a lot and in people's hands, then in 10 years time, it could be forgotten. And that's the same for directors. If their work is not out there in people's hands, in people's houses, whether or not they constantly watch them or not, you know, I think it's for the sake of the future, it's really important. So the Toyota's things are more just a, uh, uh, yes, a passion of, of uh, love and you know all the hours put into it wasn't that hard because i'm quite friends with him so i go to we we go he comes to my house and we just we put my computer on and we just record the audio commentary into into my my computer as it is so it's uh, obviously the subtitling a lot takes time but you know it's it's uh yeah just to help him out uh, as much as possible
0: that's still uh it's it, you're obviously speaking with a lot of humility but it's still a lot of work and uh one of the things that i try to do on my channel and the way that i discussing with these people that are into this hobby is really break down how much work these are because a lot of people take them for granted and one of the biggest complaints nowadays is pricing especially you know the the entire world we're in the middle of a giant inflation surge over the last couple years uh people are out of work people are i mean people are literally dying across the globe and so yes physical media is low on the priority list in the grand scheme of those things but uh If you are going to take the time to appreciate these things, it's important to know what goes into them and the people behind them. So that's the main reason I wanted to have you on here today, so people could see the face behind Third Window and perhaps uh, feel more of the the tug on the heartstring to dive more into Japanese cinema. So, um, first of all, again, thank you for all of these releases. Uh, The first one I wanted to highlight because I feel like this is what brought a lot of people to you guys for the first time, is uh, One Cut of the Dead. I think you had a huge hand in this, right?
1: Well, I think that, uh, yes, it was such a successful hit, but that had a lot of work that I put into it personally. Right. Um, that was a film that I took on way before it was released in Japan, and I, I loved that film so much. I mean, if, when I'm looking for a film to distribute, you know, if that film has not become popular through film festivals through uh, international media and this and that so then it becomes very hard to actually distribute the film for example if a, a film i got, i had i distributed recently called zoki it didn't play any film festivals because the sales agent weren't so good about it getting into film festivals and therefore when it's released it had no fanfare and nobody wanted to pick it up right. so i'm always nervous that you know if i leave it all up to these sales agents these producers then it's no point me distributing it because they're gonna screw it up one way or another. The Japanese aren't very good at the international. Uh, right. So what I did is in, in the cases of, of One Cut of the Dead and many other films like Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes is if it's a film I want to distribute, I'd go to them the very beginning and said, look, let me bring your film worldwide and act as a sales agent, put it into film festivals, you know, we'll, um, make the, the correct artwork so it's gonna be popular and get picked up and, and do everything, everything required to get that film out there then bring it all around the world for a year or two sell it to other film other distributors right. as well and then ha- distribute it myself so that all the work i put into it also comes back to me in that respect and one kind of the dead yeah, was was one that i i, I bought to like 150 film festivals and also in order to keep the cost down for the for the um producer well he made a lot of money in the end anyway but uh like only had like three dcps over 150 right. film festivals so like Every cost, bring all the cost of subtitling. I'll do that. You know, um, let's not make any expensive DCPs. You know, if, it's, if, you, if you give it to a big company to handle, it's like, well, we have to go to Cannes and we have to market it there. And that's going to cost right. you like $20,000 because of our hotel. And then we're going to go to this festival and this festival. And then we're going <laughs> to, we need like 100 DCPs and like 300 posters and all that. And it's like, no, 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 let's cut all those costs off. And I'm just going to just put the time and effort in and get that film to 150 film festivals without costing anything. So it's all profit uh, as well. So, yeah, I, I really put a lot of effort in. Of course, it's a fantastic film, but there are many fantastic films out there that don't get out there because of the the, the sales agents um, wanting right. too much money for it or something. I mean, there are so many examples of, of Asian films that, that should be more well-known and aren't because the companies that handle them are a bit of a pain. So, um, yes, One Cutter was one that uh, I think, yes, really did help my company um, get out out there but it was uh you know years years of work as well
0: well it it shows and that release is special not only just for the film itself but everything that is on that disc the the packaging of it 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 was quite obvious that it was somebody that had this as a passion project so again uh just everything is evident that when you are putting your mind to it these they they can be incredible and i just hats off to you for one person being able to produce all of this is is astonishing and I'm, I'm curious, because if I remember right, most, uh, probably not most, but a lot of the films on the label, they're not available literally anywhere else, right?
1: Yeah, in many cases, uh, it's the only release, even, for example, with the Toshiki Toyota films, some of them are not even available in Japan. Right. I mean, a recently, Funky Forest and Warped Forest. Warped Forest was never released in any format, it, not even in cinemas in Japan, so it was the first time the film was ever released outside of a film festival. And, uh, I mean, I also think that because these films have such a limited audience that if it isn't the only release of the film out there, then I don't think uh, it'll be, you know, it'll sell enough to break even. And even right. in those cases, for example, I mean, you mentioned the, the fact that, um, of course, you know, there's so many Blu-ray release companies out there and there's only so much money that these people have. But how right. many copies it does take to break even on, on, on how many copies sold it takes to break even on these releases? And, you know, for example, if a film like Crazy Thunder Road. Which is uh, was the only release of the film in forty years, outside of Japan, and it hasn't even sold one thousand copies, which is the break-even point. So you know, and that's that's not so expensive. I mean, if, if you're paying like thirteen, fourteen pounds to buy the disc, the only version of, and with loads of exclusive extras as well, and yet that that hasn't broken even. So um, you know, I think I we, I try to bring the price down as much as I can, but you know, a lot of these titles don't even break even, and that is. Uh, that's why I need films like one kind of the Dead and Rock or the goblin and the the, the obvious titles to balance those, those others yeah, yeah. so uh,
0: for if you're open to to sharing is 1000 usually about the break-even point for most titles
1: yes I mean uh, usually if you want to pay any sort of uh guarantee which is required to usually right. license the films then you can, the cost of breaking even on for example the blu-ray authoring the manufacturing of a thousand units the um certification costs by the bbfc and all that you're talking about 600 units or 500 units and then you have the the uh, price you have to pay to acquire the film on top of that and yes it takes about a thousand a thousand copies to um break even uh and uh it's it's hard to sell a thousand copies uh nowadays to be honest
0: that uh that hurts um with some of your obviously like one cut the dead is a bigger title with some of the smaller titles uh how uh well like i wasn't gonna bring this one up yet but ruined heart i just watched this for the first time the other night and this movie first of all it's a beautiful movie this is such an astonishing release uh not sure your history with this one i've not gotten to any of the extras on it other than the music is incredible it is shot magnificently but i don't feel like anybody's talking about this film so if you can how many
1: have have you sold a ruined heart that just sold its its thousands copy wow. it, only one thousand were made and we're talking about uh i don't know six years ago right so it, it took about six years to sell sell them through just one thousand copies uh but that's an experimental film and i really can't explain um people unless you're really into experimental cinema uh, i don't think it's, it's easy want to get into but it's a it's a very uh interesting release with a nice booklet uh the soundtrack yeah. cd and you know for for people that want to try something who have want to try something a little experimental with with like those sales points of Asano Tadahiro Christopher Doyle uh, music yeah. by Stereo Toto. So, I mean it's an interesting package but yes it, it's a bit of a hard one to to recommend I mean that came about by um, a company called Rapid Eye Movies who are a, a German distributor of Asian and uh, cult cinema who've been around for about 20 years or, or more and they were a company that I used to love before I got into distribution and I really respected them, and that the owner of that company, a guy called Stefan Hall, went into film production uh, first with a film called Underwater Love, which I released, and right. recently, and afterwards with Ruin Heart and a few others. And I always wanted to support him because he's also in a lot of uh, trouble as a distributor, and going into production as well makes things even harder. So, of course. in those releases, uh, I just wanted to help him, uh, Underwater Love and Ruin Heart, and the Pink Films as well, what were, were projects of his and. Uh, yes they were he, he bought a film scanner and he tried to scan all these old pink films but the costs were too expensive so i was right. like okay i'll help you distribute them and pay you money to cover your costs and uh just to help him keep keep going with what he loves because i love him as a, as a person and i like respect this company so yeah it's um it, it's hard for, for everyone who tries to do these sort of uh non-mainstream right. films i think
0: well, I hope the, uh, the overall karma of you trying to share that has, has come back to you many times over because some of these, again, I, I fear that no one would get to see some of these because they would never, literally, never get a release. Um, so something like Ruined Heart obviously has a lower audience and it just got to 1,000 over six years. Uh, but some of these others, like the, uh, the Toyota box sets, have those done fairly well for you?
1: The first box set I made 2,000 and they literally just sold out over the last year and that was um right. yeah that was about took about five six years uh, uh and that was not they were all region releases of, of three films that had never been released uh uh nine souls had been released on DVD uh, before but uh they were the first Blu-ray releases in the world, not even in J- in Japan were they right. um and that took uh yes, um about six years to sell two thousand and at a much cheaper price point than the new box set because of the fact that over through COVID a lot of the Costs for manufacturing and uh, everything else have gone up, uh, which is why I've had to release so many more mainstream films over the last right. couple of years because it's really, really, really gotten a lot harder. So the, the new Toyota box set had a much higher price point, but but more films, and and in total it's sold about eight hundred copies so far. But oh. I had to press two thousand because the the cost of pressing just one thousand makes the the per, per unit cost uh, way too right. much. So um, I've still got yeah a thousand copies uh, <laughs> in boxes. Well, I hope this uh,
0: inspires at least some people to to check them out because a lot of these are just beautiful, touching movies and they are quite obvious. Somebody's like life's work encapsulated in one film in many of these instances. And that is, it's so hard to see nowadays because uh, especially with people that are just into Western cinema and they're, you know, overridden with studio watered down trash basically not to not to put those down too much but a lot of the the culture that you can find in these you you can't really pay for an experience like that unless you're going to do something like this and it's astonishing what you've been able to release
1: well just luckily especially being in japan has allowed me to work directly with with um right. directors and producers without needing to go through studios which make things more expensive and more complicated ja- dealing with japanese companies in general is, is very hard for westerners because it's complete opposite uh, way of working and because japan is such an island nation you know i'm from england which is an island nation of course but it's very different in the fact that japan everything is domestic and and right. all the films make their money back in Japan, so they don't think about the international market and they don't really understand the international market. So, for me to go to them and explain to them, you know, the, your costs that you're asking for are completely different to what the actual market is, they just don't understand that because they're, they're, they're disconnected from it. So, right. working with those those studios makes things, uh, yes, yeah, very stressful. So, luckily, being here and speaking Japanese, I can go to people like Toyota directly, and sometimes he can push the studios on my behalf to, um, Help me uh it helped me with the uh with Ishikatsuhito for films like uh Hunky Forest and all that. Like having someone who's being close to directors or producers, they can give the studios a push if required and uh, right. it does help things. So it gives me a, a side advantage. But then again, you know, if there were more people interested in buying these films, then it would be completely really different. But there's less people interested in as in sales agents or distributors buying these films because the audience is obviously not there. So it's uh right. it's I don't know if they, I wouldn't say it's pointless, but um <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's a bit, a bit niche.
0: On on that note, uh, and this is maybe going to sound like a, an ignorant Westerner type of question to ask, but with the ultra rise in Hong Kong cinema getting more uh, attention lately, with some of the the Korean cinema getting more attention lately, with Asian cinema just getting a lot of love from a lot of labels, is there any like p- paying attention to Japanese cinema rising that you feel like people are
1: seeking it out more in any sense of that? I think, you know, the, the success of a lot of the Korean um, popular titles of the last few years, or if you look at things like Squid Game or Parasite, they're a little more alternative or a little more uh, right. uh, genre. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, the I think the Korean and, and uh, Hong Kong audience, uh, producers, and, and uh, probably they, they're used to making those sorts of films and promoting them because they know that that, that sells well. Right. But as I mentioned, Japan is very insular and, and films like... That are making it obviously is like drive my car which is actually sort of a foreign film in essence in essence because all the people behind it are, are foreign is um yeah it's it's maybe if people are watching that they're not going to want to watch a film like one cut of the dead because it's uh it's <laughs> it's a completely different genre right. while parasite maybe brings you into more sort of uh, fantastic type titles and the, the the type of japanese films that have traditionally been popular with the exception of asia extreme uh it has been like ozu and kurosawa and those right. are the films that um maybe people that don't watch Japanese cinema would want to watch. Uh, you have, the, obviously, the, the the Battle Royale fans, of which there are many of them, but they don't make those films in Japan, to be honest. I mean, I think a right. lot of the films that were popular overseas um, the, were just not popular in Japan, and therefore they, they don't make them, like uh, Shion Sono, the Sushi Typhoon type films of like you know Hell Driver and uh, Machine Girl and all that. Those are films right. aimed at a sort of international audience but, but they're not popular in Japan, so it's a catch-22. It's like, you know, if you make a film for the international audience and it doesn't do well, then you're in trouble, but if you make a film for the Japanese audience, then you have a very much better chance of, of uh, it making money, so they mainly focus on, on that side.
0: That makes sense, and uh, making money, this is, this is probably one of the first times that I uh, noticed Third Window films in more of an empathetic way last year, and I'm not sure if you remember. I'm sure you do because it, it clearly affected you. But uh, you posted across social media that the, there was a film that you guys released that when you Googled it, the entire first page of results was for bootlegs and torrents. Um, there are a lot of people still naive to the fact of how that can affect people. So considering that a lot of these, the only official release is through third window films, can you share how something like that can literally like destroy one of
1: these labels? And it's also actually not just the, uh, destroying the labels, which it obviously does because, you know, people aren't buying it, they're, they're downloading it illegally. But it's right. the reason also why Japanese companies don't sell their films um, to the international market, because they know that if a distributor takes it on, it's immediately going to be pirated. And Japan is very different to the rest of the world because piracy is not an issue in Japan. Um, you know, I think Korea piracy and, and a lot of other parts of Asia, obviously China and, and Hong right. Kong, Korea piracy is a big Problem for them, so they also understand that it's a problem for everyone else, and they just basically try to get things out at the same time to beat piracy in that respect. But the Japanese, because as as I mentioned before, um, Japanese are so strict on criminals. I mean, to the fact that I remember hearing a story that um, a kid had downloaded one film, just one film, and the police went and broke down his 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 doors and put him in jail for one film, and they they do that in the same way that Toyota is. Is arrested for like half a gram of or, or some whatever tiny amount of marijuana is right. to make sure that people don't commit crimes I mean 19 Japan is quite famous for having a 99% conviction rate is they make examples a lot so that people don't right. don't make crimes so therefore they think that um, if a film that they give to a distributor or allow a distributor to take it's immediately mm-hmm. gonna get pirated and therefore it's gonna hurt them so right. they just said all right we're just not gonna sell our films unless it's a big enough amount of money that it makes it worthwhile for us and but those that a massive amounts of money is, is something that distributors like myself because we, we have trouble with piracy cannot afford to pay so it's a sort of complicated situation for everyone but yes piracy is a uh, it's uh, yes it kills everyone but it kills smaller distributors who have lots less margins more than it kills like uh you know hollywood i guess because hollywood right. is still having you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people watching their films in cinemas and if I'm only selling, like, 500 Blu-rays, then, you know, if, if I lose a couple hundred of that, then that's, that's half, a big deal. half the sales, yes. That's,
0: oh, that's depressing. Um, I, w- when you posted that last year, I, I, I have a weekly live show, and that was a good 10 or 15 minutes of discussion on how supporting some of these smaller labels not only leads to success for that label, but literally to the hobby as a whole. It encourages others to to participate, to watch, to ensure that we're archiving film and art in, in general. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like there are still millions of people that don't think it's a problem anymore. And the fact that in 2021, you had to come out and post and say, look, I just put out this film and this is the only thing that you can find on the internet right now. It is, it's so debilitating.
1: Well, it's fine, i think a lot of people also misread what i was saying uh I, there were a lot of people saying well we google searched it and it wasn't the pirate sites but right. what i was what i should have probably been a little more clear is that when i release a film i usually search for the last week or two of right. uh, hits on google because that's the the things that would be related to the release and they were yes all all pirate uh sites and uh, but yes as you mentioned i think people don't really even my mother my mother who, who knows her son <laughs> Runs a film company. It's like, oh, I'll just download that later. And it's like, don't, just don't, don't tell me that. You know, like, uh, <laughs> this is why we're living. Like, you know, it's it doesn't occur to her that that's a problem. And and I think many right. people in the world just don't think of it as a problem. And and but then again, you know, you in this world nowadays where like, you know, you pay five dollars a month and you get like access to like thousands of films. You know, the a film itself has become less valuable. Correct. You know, living in Japan really makes you see the world from a different standpoint because it's a world where video on demand is not popular here yet where people go to the cinema and the cinema prices don't have matinee prices in fact they've gone up over the last couple of years so it's so there's no dollar cinemas or things like that as they do in the states and it's like you pay to see the movie you sit through the movie to the very end of the credits to give respect to the people that have made that movie and you know if you like it you can go and rent it from from a video store and uh, watch it again but you know it's 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 about Yes, paying and supporting because if if something gets cheaper and cheaper, the price can't go back up afterwards, and therefore something becomes less and less valuable. The more the the, the cheaper it is uh, marketed as, and um, we unfortunately live in this. uh, Well, luckily for movie watchers who can watch anything for for pay five dollars a month and have watched like thousands of films, but yes, it makes it a lot harder to uh, continue making films. And um, I think if you. I can't expect everyone to go and spend like fifteen pounds on on a DVD right. or Blu-ray right. or you know it's or just blind buy something just to support. So, but um, you know I think in general, you know if people can understand that the amount of work, effort, uh, time that goes into getting out these things, you don't have to buy this one, but at least in general try to um, support things. I mean, you wouldn't go to a shop and go, oh that Coca-Cola looks nice, I'm just going to steal it, would you? Right. But you at the same time you're like, oh I want to watch this movie, I'm just going to download it, and you know, it's the same thing. I mean, you, you're you're in essence stealing for something that the people have made, and uh, you know, it's a lot. It hurts a lot more when that Coca Cola is like Adam's Coca Cola, and it's like right. hundred made. You know, <laughs> that's a
0: good point. Um, well, speaking of getting people to support, uh, you've already announced some titles coming out the rest of the year, and uh, they they seem to be some that people are really after.
1: So, do you mind sharing any info on uh, Suicide Club? Suicide Club has some has some problems. Um... It was supposed to have been released and I was, obviously the Shion Sono situation has come up and um, all the people that were connected to helping put out the release, as in making new audio commentaries, unfortunately that film never had any good, had any bonus features from the original Japanese release and you can't just release a a bare bones disc nowadays, you need to obviously have make it a collectibles item and uh, I had somebody making very nice artwork for it some illustrated artwork and i had them um, lots of bonus features all set up and everybody just pulled out of it after the accusations right and i tried to renegotiate with the sales agent to, to allow me to and also the video on demand call company that was supposed to buy it dropped out as well so i tried to renegotiate to bring the price down to make it worthwhile and they they wouldn't let me so i had to it's just sort of on hold like i haven't paid for it because i can't afford the amount there there without Having to pre-sell it to some right. eod companies so yeah it's a bit on the back burner i mean i think people have forgotten about this the sono thing because like at the time everybody was saying we're not going to support a film a shion sono film and now loads of people are mailing me and said when's the next when's the release of C- right. suicide club so i i don't know it's if if everyone you know to, to be honest i know shion sono personally and i don't think the accusations or he's been pictured in the light that is 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 really just to what he he is as a person um i think he's been a little little, uh uh scapegoated um in a very heated uh situation but i can't really say that he's an angel either so um it's a bit complicated and uh yeah that release is uh i don't know what to say i mean it's i get that uh what about the obiashi
0: stuff that's supposed to be coming
1: yeah that that's a big uh, release um a box set uh, as as the previous Obayashi box set but with films that are a lot more accessible um right. they're not all 3 hours long and that has obviously helped <laughs> a lot in in making uh bonus features and checking the subtitles and, and doing everything else because right. uh, yeah so i'm making just finalizing up finalizing up some audio commentaries right now and uh i've got the artwork just finished by the same person who did the last artwork and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have some news within the next by the end of August or something uh, of release date. But um, yeah, it be uh, those. Those are four fantastic films. They're all quite different in their own way, and they're uh, never been released outside of Japan before. So wow. I think it, it should be, or I hope it will. It's a popular set.
0: I've uh, I've already had multiple people ask me about that since we posted about that earlier this year when you uh,
1: announced that that was coming. So I I know that there are people already looking out for it. Yes, and they're all going to say, "Why is it locked to region B?" And uh, you know, I, I don't think also people realize that it's not—it's not we're not the bad guys. You know, it's not right. our fault. And and uh, speaking also as a producer from the other side, as in from the perspective of the people that are selling the film to distributors, if you allow somebody to make it all region, unless they're paying a huge amount of money for it, it's very complicated. It means that you can only sell it to, in essence, one distributor, right. and if you're a producer or something and making a, a film you need as many distributors to buy the film so that you can make as much money as you can to recoup any sort of costs I mean obviously these are old films so there's no cost in that sense but uh you know it's not easy to just like make it region free and make it available to everyone it's, it's so it's not our fault uh, and of course I'd love to make it region free because then it can increase my sales but I've contract that says I can't and uh, If I do, I'm in breach of a contract. And, uh, you know, it's a lot harder for distributors to make a film region-free than, like, a a user just buying a region-free player. And I always say that you don't need to buy uh, a player sold as region-free. There are many players that you can buy on Amazon in Black Friday for, like, $30 that uh, can be made region-free very simply with uh, just a remote-control hack. And every time I get a mail, I, I copy and paste the same reply to each one, just to, go to this website and, and, and get a region free player that a player that can be made region free I uh,
0: I also suggest for people just go to like amazon.co.uk and get a region B player so you can always have one connected and now you got the best of both worlds
1: but that's more complicated because that that requires a voltage adapter right and uh, I think people would just just I, I'll tell you like uh I, when I lived I lived in the States for a while and I got some Toshiba 40 player and before I bought it, I went on dvdhacks.com and I found the player that uh, right. that you could re- press two buttons on the remote control and it's region free. I mean, it's uh, it's not not too complicated. It's not like you have to mod chip something like you used to. Uh,
0: I still have people ask things like is Third Window Films, is their stuff region free? And I, I think that there are still too many people that think the labels get to decide if things
1: are region locked. Um, can you share some of the process behind that since you've worked on both sides? Well, as i as I just mentioned you know i think uh you know we have contracts with these, these sales agents and the contracts stipulate we can sell within our territory which is a territory that is, has is been described as locked to a certain region right. so for example region a is america and it's english and region b is europe and then obviously there's the the, the language that can be used on the disk as well right and if i were where i want to have because i'm an english language have english subtitles if i were to make mine region a it ends up therefore being available in the states and therefore they can't sell that film to the states and were i to pay a a large amount of money i could could buy both regions but um i can't sometimes with very small films you can negotiate and i do have some films that are are region free because i've said if i'm the only person that's going to release this film in the world then look let me just take all regions and then i'll i'll It'll increase the sales and therefore i can give you a better royalty based on sales but if it's a popular title then i think it's uh it's, it's impossible i mean i know nowadays you know with with 4k and all that or, or uhd uh, they're, they're they're made as region region free or something but um the costs uh, as you know you can't put a 4k out of a japanese like small independent right. film Pointless, you can't put a 4K of ruined heart out there, (laughs) it's only shot in 2K, so yes, I think also people will forget. Like, uh, you know, you when when I went to these Japanese films, that it's like shot on 16 millimeters, like you can't put that out in 4K because it's you can't blow up 16 millimeters to 4K, or like you're talking about like films that have budgets of like, like I don't know, 50,000 or 100,000 dollars, and it's like it's gonna look worse in 4K because then the budgetary constraints and the lack of uh proper lighting used in filming is gonna look awful, like uh, people yeah get so caught up in these things that are set by massive of course you want to watch avatar in 4k but it doesn't mean that you can put like uh, ruined heart in 4k right
0: and not to mention uh, the, even if you really wanted to try the restoration price on that would almost be probably the budget of the entire film
1: yes and also the, you know japanese aren't very willing to uh restore in 4k and and they don't like their prince to leave japan either in order for a, a foreign company to, to do that mm-hmm. as well so But in the end, you know, if it's Battle Royale, then then you can put in 4K because you know people are going to buy it. But uh, you can't put all the costs into uh, some small Japanese films that are barely selling a thousand copies. I mean, if I had done Crazy Thunder Road in 4K or something, I'd be in big trouble right now.
0: Uh, On the the monetary note, if you could share, um, I've heard some behind-the-scenes rumors that the price essentially to license a Japanese film in Region B is exponentially less than to
1: license it to Region A. For sure for them I mean, because region a is america and america is is you know how many five six times the population of the uk right. and when you have more people then you have a bigger audience to, to sell to and therefore the price is you know represents that but it still doesn't actually represent it's not like an american region A is like five times six times more actually it's only a little bit more or maybe double right. the price for uh, for uk which makes it even harder as a uk distributor because because we're English uh, because we're English because we, we um, release films in English, right. the sales agents also know that it opens up the market um, to Europe because a lot of people in France or Germany can speak English would buy discs from England, where if it's a French release with French only subtitles you're basically limited to maybe to France only right. so the costs are very high for such a small population just because of the, the language uh, hmm. So it's 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 very, it's a lot harder to release a film as an English distributor than an American distributor, I believe, because it just doesn't really work out uh, percentage-wise.
0: That makes sense. Uh, that was uh, the monetary side of things. So to get into the person behind Third Window, who who is Adam? How'd you get where, where you are? Uh, you mentioned living in the states, living in the UK, living in Japan. You've had a you've had a busy life
1: yeah i moved to the states when i was 10 my mother won a green card they used to have a lottery that could give you american green cards and we we won it and and moved to the states and uh i moved we moved to florida of all places uh not the most uh cultural right so but i ended up working uh, there was a video store in in florida called video renaissance um which was if it wasn't in florida it would be world famous so they had about fifty (laughs) thousand. films. fifty thousand. can you imagine? Really? Uh of of the owner had been buying every single film in every format since the eighties and just oh. never thrown away anything. So any out of print, you know, things like films like Fear, Anxiety, and Depression, the Todd Haynes like debut film, like all that stuff was something like, on VHS that it was basically an archive that was stuck in this like very small town called Sarasota in Florida. And uh you know it was uh, it was a pity that um you know, it was in a place like that because it was in New York. I mean, people would come from all over. Right. And I I worked there for years. And and that's where I sort of understood the concept of of distribution, because, you know, just watching and buying every film we could as a shop, but then again, not being able to see so many films because they weren't distributed. uh, Right. You know, so uh, that really got me into distribution and also being able to uh, about Asian cinema. Um, you know, at the time it was like, we would, uh, I would trade with video search of Miami, who was a, um, a VHS, like, uh, you, they were saying these big handwritten catalogs and you would, you wouldn't know what anything is because it's right. just a catalog with words. And you just say, well, that sounds good. And you <laughs> post them a letter back. And, uh, they would send you like centipede horror because, and then you watch like fifth generation VHS and, uh, you know, they, they got me so much into like uh, obscure Asian cinema and, uh, I moved back to England when I was 20, and uh, at the time Tartan Films was uh, was quite popular with its Asia Extreme brand, and I interned there for, for uh, a year or so, and um, I realized that, you know, from the outside, companies like that seem fantastic, but when you work in companies, you know, you realize that, you know, you think that everyone there is going to be big fans of cinema an Asian right. cinema and, like, know everything, but then it's not really the case, and I think it's, it's a bit disillusioning, and I stopped then and... and um, and started filming the film.
0: That is a heck of a journey, and I think that there are a lot of people that have, uh, obviously, not the same ending necessarily, but a lot of the people that are in this hobby, their passion started with memories like walking through a video rental store, or uh, you know, their parents' collection of laser discs, or something like that. And it is, uh, to me, it feels like we are in. Essentially, the true modern golden age of physical media. Would you agree with
1: that? Hmm. I don't know. I think there has in, been a in group. this generation, at least. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky because it has become cool, but not like, for example, records became you know popular again uh, right. over the last few years, and and that you know after so many years of of uh, of, of digital really becoming the main the mainstream you know it became popular again to right. to um uh, buy records or collect book or buy books you know or or, <laughs> or, or blu-rays or dvds but if you really i wonder if it really is the golden age because if you think of it, if it was so popular then there'd be loads of record shops video shops rental shops and and things on the high street and uh or retailers online but there isn't really that many and you know i when i when i look back at um you know when I first started off, or even during the first few years, I was speaking yesterday to um, my friend uh, Joey at uh, Terracotta Distribution, and he would release a film and like sell like 3,000 copies in the first week. And I would have titles that would sell, like even Chinese Japanese films that would sell thousands and thousands of copies. And nowadays, I can have a major Japanese film barely selling a 1,000 copies. So I wonder if it's, uh, I mean, of course, it's become a little cooler now, and there, the, 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 the the, the, the collectors' market has become uh, uh, maybe stronger, but it's it's really only a few companies that are, that are doing it, and there aren't really that many films getting out there mm. compared to what they used to be. But, right. but Blu-ray is, uh, is, is actually expensive, you know. DVD was I think DVD was really the best market because and it was cheap to make and there was just so many films getting out there. So um, it's changed, but I don't know. I think DVD at its high was was much. Uh, much better for film lovers uh because you know not format lovers i think right. oh, that's the difference nowadays is uh everybody's buying them but i wonder how many people are actually watching the films and how many are watching the, the 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 bonus features on disc. i think they like to say that they've got these films and they've got these bonus features but i feel that dvd was a time where people would actually watch the films a lot more that
0: is a probably very true statement and which is why i tried to really cultivate the 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 sort of community of people to actually discuss what they think of these films and how it affected them. And I don't know, uh, the, when I, when I mentioned the golden age, I'm really thinking in more of a a post streaming world. Um, and it seems like this is, I'm not going to say it's going to be on its way down, but it seems like through COVID everything got really strong for a good year and a half or so. And now that, that heat seems to be coming off a little bit again. And, uh,
1: yeah i think uh, i think uh, thanks to companies like arrow films who really have right. cultivated a strong audience and 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 yes i think uh there was a lot of feeling from people to, and there has been a lot of feeling over the past few years of supporting of independent films doing better than than um, hollywood films um right. and that sort of want to support uh you know your, your local diy records store and uh your your local coffee shop and uh i think the whole independent has become popular uh, i mean if you walk down any main street of a of a uh, a major city nowadays it's all like shops made to look right. or, or like like they're being run by a family uh, yep. you know which is um sort of brings it back to yes the concept of sort of independent film distribution it's uh, that diy record label type of uh, feeling to it exactly. but uh, yeah i think yeah, I don't know. I think it's it maybe works more of a, as a theory than that, than. What <laughs> I, I really wonder sometimes, um, you know, how well. But yeah, I, you know, I think Arrow come Arrow and some companies like that, and and there have been lots of new distributors. Um, surprisingly, I, I wouldn't have thought there'd be so many new distributors popping up. Like, um, there's Arrow four 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 and Comedian Films in in Australia and uh, and um, uh, Radiance uh, popping up now. But I'm always surprised that like some of these companies release like one, two films and people on the internet are saying like, this is my new favorite label. And it's like, well, right. you know, some companies have been working for, for, for many more years and it, it's releasing two films. Uh, maybe it's consistent. You get a hundred percent, with two good films, but, uh, try right. that over 15 years. Well, well, that is a, a really good time to ask, uh, some of these older titles
0: that you put out, maybe you know, five or six years ago, that have not sold their first thousand yet, are there any that you think deserve a second look that people should really be looking into if they get uh, you know the idea to try to support third window right now?
1: You probably, I'd probably have to look at the what you know. I do forget. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are actually surprisingly films that um that surprisingly haven't done this or haven't broken even yet, like uh, the re-release of Fish Story. On blu-ray i really expected that to do uh, a lot better being the only Blu-ray release of the film in the world and region 3 and having loads of extras um the dvd sold really well during its time and the blu-ray has not even broken even yet so um i i, I do think that's a sort of film that's easy to recommend whether you're into any sort of cinema i think uh it can be one that that everybody everybody likes and my recent most recent release of summertime machine blues i also think that's the type of film that you don't really have to be hardcore into Asian cinema or even cinema in general. And it's a film that would make you uh, enjoy it and, and feel good. And, and and it's it's a very good film with and a great release full of extras and you're the only release of the film outside of Japan. So I think, uh, you know, there there are lots of films. Uh, yes. But, but uh, you know, whether they be my my label or somebody else's, you know, uh, yes, uh, please everyone just I think. Yeah, watching films is, 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 is good.
0: <laughs> and like I said, not only for supporting these groups, but it is literally archiving art. And some of the ways that we can do this is literally just to keep it in our minds, be able to make it a part of our modern history as well, and not just something that happened 40 years ago and was a blip in a history book, basically.
1: Yeah, it's really important. Um, And you do learn this. I mean, being being a, a doing this for a while, for example, there was a director um called uchida kenji who released films like um key of life a stranger of, of, of mine and uh, he made a few very good japanese films about 10 years ago but none of those films were ever really released and he stopped making films for years and he's sort of unknown he's because his films never made it out there into people's hands he's essentially sort of i don't know i don't i don't want to say died but like in a sort of cultural sense right he doesn't exist, uh, and for somebody who made all these great films back then, it, it's it's important that they exist and not just like a, you know. Of course, it's easier to to um, to rent a film, and and maybe people don't have so much room in their houses and all that. Of course, that you know we can't all have big houses. Even I, I live in Tokyo, and I don't have so much room <laughs> anymore. But um, you know, I think uh, the concept of of having and and supporting physical anything uh that, that keep out alive and keep um because if your computer breaks or if a computer breaks uh, you know may, i think last year there was some big uh, situation with intel or something like that i remember that like the data was wiped out for a long time and if that right. happens and, and all these films are lost then what are you going to do so um you know in one way or another if you can keep something or another to pass on to your children uh, or, or pass on to to another next generation it's it's important
0: that was very well said uh that is why you know the the restoration work being done on some of these older films is something that needs to be supported the the fact that we are putting time and energy into you know for your company primarily documenting the the hands that were actually on this film I mean you're going to these people's homes and hearing from their mouth their experience their their time spent on them and you guys have some great extras on everything that you've done so Again, just thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, uh, let's together try to keep, <laughs> find one one person a day or, or, you know, one person every two days or three days. You know, I think it's, you know, I think it makes, keeps everyone happy and keeps everything alive. Just, you know, all, all talking and, and meeting. Obviously it's not as easy to meet nowadays with COVID, but um, even if it's just meeting on the internet, like we are now, uh, you know, it's important.
0: I completely agree um i'll uh give you back your your day then adam thank you so much for spending the time to come on here and discuss i i really hope people seek out third window films and the last thing i wanted to mention is you mentioned terracotta distribution they are like one of your main arms of your storefront now basically correct
1: yeah yes uh, t- J- joey the, the the owner of terracotta is a friend of mine for 20 years uh actually i did a podcast yesterday we do have the third window films podcast and we had him on as a guest and it was a lot of reminiscing upon things that we've forgotten about 20 years uh, prior to. <laughs> but he used to also run his own distribution company, which he does less and less nowadays, but he acts as a, as a retailer. And right. thanks to him, during COVID, when all the other people like Arrow doubled their commissions and really made it to a point where I didn't think I could continue anymore, to be honest, he right. has, is using his house just to, to ship out my Blu-rays at a, at a, and taking a percentage that is, is nowhere near what Amazon and, and our and all the other big companies are asking. So I really, any, anybody who uh, wants to buy any of my discs, I always send them to Terracotta. And I always price point them, they're lower than everywhere else because he takes a, um, a smaller percentage. So it's, it should be a win-win. But uh, if you can, it's, it's really him just putting stuff into, um, into uh, packages uh, and posting them out himself. So it's a uh, proper independent uh, all around.
0: And there are frequently sales throughout the year. I mean, just a few months ago, you did the Takeshi Kitano, I think it was four Blu rays for 20 pounds sale. That was yeah, like, the, shockingly the, low.
1: Yeah, the thing is, the rights um, had expired and I couldn't renew them. So I had all this right. stock left over. And if ever I do have stock left over or find stuff, sometimes I find stuff in a warehouse, like uh, or something that's been out of print for like years, it goes straight to him and he sells it on his shop. So he always has the, um, yes. Uh, the, the best way to uh, find anything that might be harder to find elsewhere.
0: Terracotta's great. I've talked to Joey a couple times. He's a brilliant, brilliant dude. Um, again, thanks for your time, Adam. Everybody, please check out Third Window Films. Uh, they've got at least the Obayashi set coming out the, the rest of the year. Is there anything else that you can tease or any other ideas coming up?
1: I've been working on some Katsuito Ishii films like Sharkskin Man and Peachip Girl and, uh, and Party 7 uh, which are quite uh, sort of Films that Tarantino really, really loved uh, and Interesting. inspired him to make uh, Kill Bill, in which he uh, hired the director of those films to work on Kill Bill with him. So I think they—they've—it's been 25 years since um, Sharkskin Man, and we're working on a remaster now. So um, hopefully it'll probably be next year. But there, there are some things like that that I've got on the uh, the back burner, and um, yeah, hopefully things things will well, move forward smoothly.
0: Awesome. Thank you again, Adam. Have a good day. Hope uh, Tokyo treats you well. Thank you.